People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Happy holidays, Brothers Talk family listening in around the world, in the car, the gym, the den, the kitchen, or the barber or beauty shop in the backyard, on the corner, or wherever you engage your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. And as always, we welcome our first-time listeners, and we hope you're also enjoying a festive season, and we look forward to you joining us in sharing enlightened conversations and in promoting new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. That's a great gift that we can give to each other and a great way to start off the year. Once again, your not-so-friendly coronavirus reminder this week is that while we're still in the midst of a full-fledged epidemic of the trio of respiratory infections that also includes the flu and RSV2, the latest news reports are that post-Thanksgiving surge has got hospitals all across the country at capacity, and there are mask advisories back going back into effect, advising all of us to wear masks indoors as well as outdoors in large gatherings of people. We know there's even more holiday gatherings that we celebrate in December, so please remember you can still reduce your chances of getting any of the triple-demic by getting vaccinated and wearing a mask. You don't want to be infecting family members, especially your medically fragile seniors during the holidays. We can and we must do better, family. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noam. Thanks, Rod. Uh, As Rod said, um, we're entering that season of COVID that we've entered the last couple of years where there's been an increase in the virus. I know I'm speaking from experience. Me and my wife both um, contacted virus, contracted the virus. Uh, I read an article today where there's like, uh, hospitals are filling up again. You know, in some places there are 30,000 people, hospital beds filled, other places there are 50,000. In, in California and other parts of the country, they are talking about bringing back the mask mandate. So do what you need to do to protect yourself and your family. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm vaccinated and um, uh, I've been boosted. Uh, and I think that minimized the effect that I that COVID had on me, but I'm still it still had a really, really negative impact on me and my body. Uh, so take care of yourself and your family and your loved one. Norm. Thanks, Scott. And not to beat a dead horse here, but remember the effects of COVID linger far beyond the initial stage and even just getting over it. So please take care of yourselves. We need everyone healthy if we're in order to move forward, you know, in our struggle here. And I just want to remind everybody it's holiday season. So we want to support black businesses, especially around Christmas and Kwanzaa. So please spend the dollars in our community and um, let's make things happen. Rod. This week, our topic is primetime Deion Sanders himself. 
seems there's a real lot of controversy stirring around any of us who would basically call him out for any of the things that he's doing that don't add up. And amongst those, we want to be the first to acknowledge that we were champions of what he did initially in going to Jackson State University. We were encouraging, as we say, we've got the the electronic record to prove it. You can go back through podcasts and see from the very start, we were admonishing so many of our black athletes to go to HBCUs because it was our belief then, and we've been proven to be right, that if those superior black athletes would sign and play for HBCUs, then the cameras would follow them. And Deion Sanders was a great example of that because he did that as a coach and brought in some really great players, including like the number one defensive back, number one overall player in college football, as well as bringing his son Shadur to Jackson State. And so they finished undefeated. He has had a great three-year run there. And there's no shortage of information about the positive impact that he's had on Jackson State, on Jackson, Mississippi, on the SWAC conference, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, as well as HBCUs in general. So we are not begrudging him the fact that he also would take an opportunity, which is going to pay him effectively 15 times more than what he was making at Jackson State. He was making $300,000 at Jackson State. The rumors are that he's going to be making $4.5 million at Colorado. So that's all well and fine, but we cannot do the thing that, at least from my perspective, we can't do the thing that we did. We had so much going on with the Obamas where for all the good that they did do, we pointed out the shortcomings that they had when it came to black America. And so people were trying to vilify our opinions there. And so we're seeing some of the same thing happen. So I'm raising this about Dion because a couple of things that I saw, which were the fact that his first two major hires were hiring two white coaches to be his offensive and defensive coordinator. He hired a former Minnesota Vikings head coach and he hired the head coach out of Kent state university two white guys to be his top assistants, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. And we know that in college as well as pro football, the next stepping stone usually to becoming a head coach is to hold one of those coordinator roles. And so why it bothered me particularly was because in the 60 Minutes interview, which is so readily available, people can go back and see it, Dion said that the only reason that he would really consider a job at a Division I school was because his assistants needed to get paid. And so as of this broadcast, I haven't heard anything about any of his former staff at Jackson State getting hired on at Colorado, nor does it seem that he went out and tried to find, at least from the reports, that he didn't look to find any former pro blackhead coaches or maybe an up-and-coming black head coach in the college ranks like he went to Kent State to find this white coach. And so those are some of the things that really just kind of, of of make me feel that we have to point out that there seems to be one line of talk for the black colleges and media and another way that he's actually acting. And the second thing that I certainly wanted to acknowledge is that, well, for all the good that he did at Jackson State and in the town of Jackson, how many of those proposed 
upcoming deals are now going to leave and go with him to Colorado and never actually take place in Mississippi. So, you know, I was just think fair is fair. We have to be willing to criticize as well as applaud. And we applaud him for everything that he's done. But there's a couple of things that we need to call out. You know, uh, I'm kind of torn about this uh, Deion Sanders situation. and But what it highlights to me more than anything is the fact that uh, Black America wants a champion so and a black leader in anything that we can be proud of so bad that this man can't make his own personal decisions about him and his family and their future without considering the impact that it's going to have on black America. This is, this, this is a, it's a lot of weight to carry when you have a black person who's doing something positive like Dion did. He changed the whole dynamics of what was going on economically in Jackson, in, in Jackson State, and that whole community. He brought that community together, but now the whole the whole country is watching that. It's just like Obama, and you mentioned Obama, Rod, in that Black America. He was our hero. He's the savior, and that's the way people are treating Dion. But on the other hand. You got a situation where Dion came there. He changed the whole culture, the environment. Uh, he brought all this positivity to the area. Brought all this financial, the financial rewards for winning to the area. Uh, I'm not sure whether they had some type of secession plan. Uh, I'm hoping, hoping that the administrators and the people at Jackson State didn't think that this was going to be a permanent stop for Dion. Uh, and so I'm hoping that there was some type of secession planning. On the other hand, uh, Rod, when you talked about some of the hires that he made, and, and I questioned some of those myself, but then I thought about, you know, you got to think about the role of the head coach of one of these major universities, not just this major university, but even at Jackson State. Look at some of the things he was able to accomplish because of his role as a head coach at Jackson State. At Colorado, he needs somebody who can uh, basically transcend race uh, where he can't because uh, head coaching at one of these Division I schools is about fundraising. It's about getting – part of it is about fundraising. Some of it is about getting boosters to, con to contribute more to help you improve the program, to pump more money into the program so you can build a winning program. The downside of that is where does Jackson State and HBCUs, the HBCU community, because I, I, I think that all HBU, the whole entire HBCU, HBCU community was basically kind of galvanized and they were, they were just cited about what was happening in Jackson at Jackson State, and it was motivating for other HBCUs. And I'm wondering, is it somebody else who has the kind of charisma and the knowledge that Dion brought to the table who can step in and replace him and keep that going with their hand? Well, you know, I put a lot of emphasis, especially about keeping the, the contacts, the corporate contacts, and the fundraising going, with uh, Jackson State on the administration. You know, Dion was there for three years. 
they had plenty of time to put some structure and marketing things in place to continue this and plan on either keeping him and giving him more money and more resources or which he had mentioned that, you know, he would look for better opportunity. They did absolutely nothing. I don't know if they were, were prepared for, for something as large as Dion, or even if they even thought that that was possible, they never actually prepared for life during Dion or, or beyond. It's, Dion's a football coach. He's not an administrator. You know, a lot of things aren't his job description. He's there to win games and build that program, which was in shambles when he arrived. He did his job. He did it. You know, now, as far as him taking another job, again, I can't tell a man, I can't put my hands in his pockets and and, and tell him what's best for he, and, and like Scott said, his family, I, I, I can't do that. Now, Rod didn't mention, you know, the fact that he did hire two white coordinators, which is disappointing because we're complaining that we don't have enough D1 black head football coaches. And, and that's a stepping stone to that position. And if he's not going to give blacks the opportunity to even have that position, then where's the stepping stone for other black head coaches in Division One football? That's a great question. Uh, and that's what I have to say on the subject. Well, and so, you know, Scott, you talked about like the, the rest of the job, but the truth of the matter is that the head coach is the face of all that. You talk about like the the glad handing with the boosters and all that. I mean, I saw the uh, Colorado basketball game and he came in and those those announcers were saying they'd never heard a uh, reception like that for any uh, football coach, even including like the programs like Alabama for a coach. So he's got that kind of thing. But the other part of it for me is this. I understand what you're trying to say. There's a lot of administrative stuff that has to be done, but I just don't accept the notion that there, you know, David Shaw just resigned from Stanford. And that's a guy who certainly knows how to do all the administrative stuff. Uh, you've got other black, and if you're going to hire a guy from Kent State, he didn't have any more experience at that kind of thing than Dion would have had down at Jackson State. I just think that there were other opportunities that should have come up to put those jobs in front of black candidates. And so I just don't go with the idea that you need white guys to be able to do that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, it was Dion who made that point, as I said, in the 60 minutes interview about his staff needing to get paid. And so granted, maybe none of them were ready to go to that next level, but seems to me a little shallow. And, and as for like the money thing, as I said, yeah, you definitely have a right to go ahead and get 15 times more money for you and your family. But once again, we got to take Dion's own words. Dion said just recently, well, uh, it's not about the bag. You know, it's not the money that, because uh, I'm far from being broke. So it's like, well, look, Dion, even if it is about the bag, that's your business. So, so, but to say that is, is to make it look as though the money wasn't even a factor in there. And so those just, as I said, it's just me. Like I said, I, I'm like you both. I'm a little bit torn on it because I agree that you can't ever take away from what he did there. And we all know that, look, being at an HBCU ain't no day at the beach. So there was a lot of other kind of headaches that come with that. So I'm not begrudging him at all for taking the Colorado job. I wish him luck because I think he's going to need it trying to get 
a bunch of top players to come to that cold, thin air out there in Colorado. But at the same time, I just want him to like say, hey, you know what? Be honest about it, but be honest and also continue to give brothers the kind of shot that Jackson State gave you. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. I, 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 I can't disagree with that, but we got to also take a look at um, – um, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's just that we got to look at all the dynamics. Uh, he's going to Colorado. I don't know what the black population is in part of Colorado. He got to do some recruitment. He got to he got to develop relationship. Yeah, you know, people are excited. Be, Dion is a is a is a probably I don't want to say an international name, but he's a nationally known person. Uh, I don't know what kind of weight that that's going to carry in Colorado when you start going into these people's uh, communities and homes who don't look like you. Uh, I think it helps a lot when you got somebody who looks like them who can kind of uh, pay the way for you, so to speak, kind of open some doors that normally wouldn't be open for you, especially when it comes to uh, the boop, the big donor boosters and uh, uh, some of the top recruits in, in that area. A lot of them are not going to look like Dion. Uh, so you got to not just sell them, but you got to sell their, their, you know, their parents, their high school coach. So it's, there's a lot, it's, a, it's, it's not as black and white as, as I think that most people think it is. I think it's, uh, a little bit, you're right. Dion could have been more transparent. He could have been straight up. Hey, it's always about the bag. He can stop that nonsense. You know, uh, wh- when did he make $5 million a year, uh, playing football? I don't think he made that much playing football and baseball combined. So five million dollars is no no small change of money to smooth to sneeze at and try to say that it's not about the money. But if it's not about the money, why didn't you go to South Florida? You know, I I heard that they were really really after you, but they didn't offer you the most money. You went to the team that offered you the most money. That's your prerogative. That's your right because you're. He's to me. He's doing a, a couple of things. One is. Um, opening and creating some opportunities to show that, hey, black coaches at HBCUs can make the transition from coaching a predominantly black university, make that transition to a D1 school that's not predominantly black. I, I, I think he may be setting out there. I hope, I hope that's what he's setting out to do. But like I said, there's a, there are a lot of dynamics there, and it's not just black and white. I don't think he's going to have a problem recruiting. I mean, he has a gold jacket. You know, he, he's a tremendous athlete, has a tremendous history that the young people really understand, especially, you know, um, defensive backs. They know he's the best ever. So literally, I don't think he's going to have a problem recruiting. I, I think his issue is, is ultimately going to come down to competing in the recruiting game with other universities in the Pac-10. And, you, know, um, you, think, you think race is not going to play a role in this? No. In Colorado, he's recruiting nationally. I know that, but, but the book he's, he's not recruiting. He, he's not worried about athletes in Colorado. Trust well, me. And well, the guys he that he, the guys that he selected, because I, I also don't quite understand how getting a guy who was a former Minnesota Vikings coach and a guy from Ohio, Kent State in Ohio, how that adds any real credibility other than they're white. That's it. I mean, but, that, but I mean, say, if you were going to do that, then why not get? If your concern was that, I guess my question is, why not get somebody with local Colorado ties? 
Yeah, but I don't know. He may have. He may not have a relationship with them. He may have a relationship with the people that he brought in there. I'm assuming that he does. But if you no, if you thinking, if y'all thinking that that race is not going to play a role in this, that, that's that's just not realistic. You know, this, remember, is, this is white America. Well, see, I don't. The reason I don't think so is because I've seen like you know James Franklin at Penn State, David Shaw at Stanford, and those guys were able to recruit with much tougher academic standards and whatnot, and they got players in there. So I think yeah, Norman's they, they, right they, that when they, you got, got that players. gold jacket and when you got that kind of reputation, that like I said, he's going to get his big issue is going to be getting players who want to go to Colorado. And yeah, you're forgetting but, but, also there's the portal. Yeah, that so, is. So he's not going to be doing all that much recruiting. Number I'm, I'm, one, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dismissing none of that. But you got to also James Franklin, and when when have James Franklin played in a, in 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 the championship in the bowl championship series? When the last time Penn State paid for a championship? They've been a lot closer than Colorado. Right, but look at the quarterbacks that they got. You know that uh, you still got a car tie to your to the alumni and, and the boosters. They might decide, hey, you know, they we, we want a certain number of just just like just like in and when you go certain people go to Ivy League schools because of legacy, these people able to get their kids in there. So a lot of those things are gonna come into play because Booster wanna see white boys. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I disagree. I disagree. See, Colorado, we know Colorado. Colorado has had a history of having black quarterbacks have having a lot of black skill players out there, you know, from I know one black quarterback they had. I don't know. Yeah, they they've had a couple. And and then they've had that. like they had uh Heisman trophy winners who are I know black. Cardell, but yeah, running back having trophy winner. I know Cardell Stewart was a black quarterback. Yeah, I don't know anybody else. And yeah, they they had another, but the bottom line is I'm saying that means that those boosters and fans you're talking about, they want to win. That's their yep. first objective. And if Dion brings it, because remember, his quarterback is going to be his son. Oh, yeah. Oh, no so, question. About that. So, you know, no so they know, that. and they knew getting Dion, they know Dion is coming from an HBCU. So I don't think their whole thought process is about like, hey, we need white faces in here. Their thing is about we want to win. We're in the Pac-12 and we want to win and win now. And so I just don't see that race thing as being as much of an issue. Okay. And and in a sport where two thirds of the players are African American, I'm with Rod. I don't think they're really worried about who's stepping on that field. On Colorado team, is three to uh, they three thirds. That's in college football. Period. Yeah. On, on Colorado team, they're three quarters of the team are, are white or black. We can look, but I would I would wager to say yeah, because like I said, in college football and especially in Pac-12 teams, like you know, because even the teams in Utah are mostly black players now. Brigham Young had a black quarterback this year. Brigham Young. Oh, Notre Lord. Dame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, no, the, the, the no, two-thirds of the team, most of the teams are black. So no, no, I mean, no, no. black quarterbacks before. They've had black and, and so have Colorado. I, I just think that my, yeah. my point was you can't come in, I don't think you can come into a predominantly white area with all black staff. I just don't think that's going to be a well, good thing. And we're not saying all black, but I guess we were, we were saying is that the key position, the one that pe coaches get elevated from, are the coordinator jobs. And so the idea that you don't give those, because I guarantee you the two guys that they got, because I'm not even going to name them, like I said, but I guarantee you that's what they're expecting to get out of this. That they expect to go to Colorado and whatever success they have there, they're going to get a head coaching job at another college. 
So, and I was thinking he could have hired the brother who just got fired in Arizona. Yeah, but we don't need we don't know uh what to require. We don't know whether he made he was able to make those hires himself or you know, like in some situation they hire coaches and they're like, okay, we're gonna hire the offensive coordinator, we're gonna hire our own these you know, a lot of times the athletic director does that. Yeah, so, that doesn't sound like prime though. Like I said, you know, yeah, we don't know he what ain't never, he ain't that. never been that quiet on issues like this. I think if they tried to horse tie him like that, that you know, he's too outspoken to let that kind of thing go. And you wouldn't you wouldn't pay a coach five million dollars a year and then hire their staff. You wouldn't do that. And so it's a good it it is a really good debate and why I think it's such a topical issue for us to toss around. But uh that's our opinion. And so you've heard that, you know, we we're certainly not all of one accord on this and 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 even to the extent that we all have mixed feelings about what he's done there. So that's just uh, another way of we're demonstrating what critical thinking looks like. It means that we are willing to have conversations that debate the issues, but at the end of the day, it's coming up with your own opinion based on what you think. So in our Black Business Spotlight, again, we want you to continue to go out and support Black businesses during this holiday season. Norm mentioned it at the top that we've got Christmas, Kwanzaa, and certainly other holidays that are coming up. And so look out for the 15% challenge or pledge that was put taken under by a lot of uh, the major companies to devote 15% shelf space to black businesses, Amazon and, and eBay and all those others have adopted it as well. So it's a real easy thing to find black businesses to support. So that's a wrap for another program. God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to the brothers talk on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, or email us to brotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.